A new study has determined that people in relationships can detect infidelity in their partner's voice, especially when their voice says, Oh, you're home early. That's <laughs> <laughs> eh, pretty funny. I missed that joke. It's disturbing. It's getting ready for something. Can you tell it to me again? That is one of the most exquisite samples of humor I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And I missed it somehow. And And it disintegrated after playing. Never to be heard again. (laughs) It's short. Go ahead. A new study has determined that people in relationships can detect infidelity in their partner's voice, especially when their voice says, Oh, you're home early. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Nice. That is pretty funny. So this could change things. Huh. So California is going to move up their presidential primary from the middle of summer to March. That's correct, sir. You know the how... ancient and allegedly syphilitic government signed the measure only yesterday. So you know how it's been forever. And, you know, if you live in California, you're, you're aware of it. But the whole country's aware of it. The big prize out there is hanging out there. And almost always the decision's already been made on both sides. Right. By the time you get to California, with rare exceptions. So whoever's clearly going to win just wins by more. Yeah. Thanks to California. Yeah. And now it's going to be moved up to right after. So you, you, you'll have again for the presidential election in 2020, you'll go with. Iowa and New Hampshire, for whatever reasons that we decided that that's the way we start. Tradition. But we're going to keep it that way. And then Nevada and South Carolina. And then, boom, you get to Texas, Virginia, and California right after those. Wow. Texas and California? Boy, there's your prize. It's a monster. I wonder if that's going to change things to where Iowa and New Hampshire don't mean that much. And it's all about freaking Texas and California. Well, I think you've got to be in cable news or not paying attention to to give uh, New Hampshire and Iowa the outsized influence that some people claim they have because they, they indicate practically nothing. You win Iowa, you're, that's good. It's, it's better than not winning. But it's no indicator of much. I mean, sometimes you win Iowa, you lose, you know, you're not even close. Yeah, but sometimes you, you go on to win. Yeah, but if you, in the past, though, if you lost those first two, you're almost always, like 99% of the time, you're done. It's hard to get money. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that might be over, which might be fine. I have no idea. Yeah, I think the Republic will survive. I, I just don't know how you're going to campaign, how uh, all these different people with limited budgets are going to campaign in Texas and California, these giant states. You can't. Really, and then it comes down to more just like radio ads and and Russian Twitter rumors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, as it comes down to, to money, as opposed to the town halls, which is which great with those tiny states. They actually meet the candidates usually like five times, right, before they go and caucus or vote. Mm-hmm. Now Much it's going to be. Yeah, I heard a Twitter rumor that he's running a check child sex ring out of his yogurt shop, or you know, that's a dollars right. worth of completely funny, ridiculous ads yeah. that will be virtually the entire, you know. Input to the electorate, which well, I don't think is healthy. One interesting thing is both parties, Republicans don't want Trump to do what he did again. They don't want that. We pick a candidate long before. Remember, one thing we learned last time around, this whole voting thing is just trying to make you feel like you're part of the process. The parties have an intention of who they want. Mm-hmm. They didn't like Bernie upsetting things on the D side, and they didn't like Trump upsetting things on the R side. Mm-hmm. We had a candidate, Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton, and you guys all messed it up with your stupid voting. So they're trying to come up with a system, both parties, so that won't happen again. I think. Hmm. Just for the record, are we talking about the 2020 election at this point? Well, it's because they changed the system yesterday. Yeah, you can make whatever excuse you want. You brought up the 2020 election. Admit it. Hmm. So the gals in Saudi Arabia, not nearly as cheery about uh, getting the right to drive as you might think. 
for some really interesting reasons. We'll get to that. And uh, once again, speaking of women and their sacred rights, for instance, to play football in panties, the all-woman lingerie football league has announced that it will stand for the national anthem. So far, I'm trying out this next off season. <laughs> good, good luck. The league, which recently rebranded itself as the Legends Football League, instead of the Lingerie Football League. Evidently, they didn't have the money to change the logo, so they had to come up with an L word. <laughs> legends Football League. A bunch of 22-year-olds in panties are legends in what sense? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Why do you think that Judge Roy Moore uh, radio interview that we played came out the day after the election? Who was who was sitting on that? I don't know. And why would you put it out at all if you're going to wait till after the election? Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing that the, confuses me about it the most and makes me wonder about its authenticity or something, although I haven't heard anybody claim it's not real. Mm. Interesting. Hey, uh, anything uh, interesting on the text line about the, uh, the, the Raiders scandal? No. No. Okay, interesting. Maybe nobody cares. Nobody cares about the NFL. Sean, anything breaking? Our breaking story? That the Raiders' offensive line intentionally let Derek Carr get his ass kicked. No, the most recent because thing because he wouldn't stand because you know, he wouldn't sit during the anthem with them. No, the latest latest <laughs> thing I saw was the the offensive lineman responding to that question on Instagram, saying, "If you think that, I don't know what to tell you." In kind of a weird denial, non denial sort of statement. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so just very quickly, we touched on this as we were talking about the tax reform effort and everything. And, uh, you know, I would like to flog this at length, um, tomorrow during the show, but just very briefly, we talked about the UC pension situation where there are, what was it? 5,400, more than 5,400 retirees from the University of California system that are going to make $100,000 a year for that, doing nothing. That can't more be true. In it, retirement. It can't be that many. And the LA Times has helpfully pointed out that to have that sort of income during your retirement, 100 k coming in from your investments and savings and, and such, you'd have to save at least $2 million and probably $3 million. Which when you retired, only really, really successful people get to pull off. Very small percentage of human beings uh, get to accumulate that sort of wealth and then have a hundred k coming in uh, during their retirement. And how old are some of these retirees? If you're gonna if you're gonna come up with two or three million dollars of retirement, a lot of people that the very few could do it. And if you could do it, you might be sixty five when you retire. I'll bet a lot of these people are a lot younger than that. Right. Right. Um, so you're getting that kind of retirement, and you're like 50 years old. That's amazing. Why would you? I, ever... I just wish I'd signed up for the deal. Oh yeah, you know, what? like it's I said, a great scam. Like I said the other day, I start my life over again at age 20. I move to California and figure out how to get into the state system. Yeah, if your thievery is uh, passed as a law in the place where you live, then it's not thievery anymore, and that's just clever. My favorite poster boy for this, and the L.A. Times again to their credit. Really played him up. Mark Udoff, former university president. He gets $357,000 a year in retirement. three hundred and fifty-seven k a year. Now, if to get hundred k, you you'd have to have $3 million in the bank or, or so. Well, then obviously this guy's like a $10 million in the bank guy. 
He's living like somebody who accumulated $10 million. Well, he was a UC president, after all. I mean, that can't be easy work. You know, give me, give me a week to get up to speed. I'll give it a try. But listen to this. He worked at the university for only seven years. Wow. And wow. one of those years was a paid sabbatical. So he didn't do anything. He went off and, 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 and they lived among the yaksmen of Upper Kirkutsk or something. <laughs> so he only worked six years. But wait, one of those six years, he taught a class. Why would anybody ever craft a society where people are getting this sort of wealth off the uh, so-called public service? I mean, why would you ever craft a society like that? So you'd permanently get their votes. Well, right. It's very, right. very simple. But no, you, to craft a wouldn't. society. Right, yeah. You wouldn't. Yeah. So uh, your top guy is uh, somebody by the name of John Bishop. Um, He can only move diagonally. <laughs> It's a chess joke, everybody. <laughs> little, I like it. little chess humor. For I everybody. like it. <laughs> it's not nearly enough of that, I'm always John. I'm working on teaching my kids that and uh, grasping those. Yeah, everybody can grasp the rook, the bishop. Grasping the, the, the horse. The, That's the, knight the hard is one. very tricky. That's and the hard one. a secret weapon of all experts. Absolutely. The horse. Are you eight years old? <laughs> so somebody, I call it the horse. I call it the castle. Now, nine of the top ten pension earners spent decades at the university system. So at least they're not this Yudoff character who's just, you know what? I don't care, though. A lot of people spend decades at their job. They don't get to retire like they were among the most successful people in America. Right, right. But here's 336K, 346K, 331, 366, 356. All these guys making over $330,000 a year for being retired. Just uh, it's it's jaw dropping. It's criminal. And, it's and, criminal. And and Except listen, it was illegal. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, last year there was a fifteen billion dollar gap between the amount on hand and the amount that the university system owes to current and future retirees. Fifteen billion dollar gap. Lawrence McQuillan, author of California Dreaming: Lessons on How to Resolve America's Public Pension Crisis, says, "I think this year's higher tuition is just the beginning of bailouts." And kids, are you listening to this? Oh yeah, Joe. We twenty-year-olds listen to lots of AM talk radio. Good, good. <laughs> He says, I think this year's higher tuition is just the beginning of bailouts by students and their parents of the university fat cats. The students had nothing to do with creating this, but they are going to be the piggy bank to solve the problem in the long run. This should be all anybody's talking about in California. I mean, my God, how much mewling and crying and moaning do you hear about the right to an education and... We've got to let the poor people attend colleges and affirmative action and 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 dreamers and and illegal immigrants should be getting in-state tuition and all of it. I mean, it's it, people. It's important to people, but nobody's talking. To you. you don't want to hear about this, do you? You just want to hear about your football players. Are they kneeling or aren't they? Play the music. Got this uh, text. My stepbrother retired from the California Department of Forestry and Fire at age fifty-five with a six-figure salary. So you're living the life of somebody who made gazillions of dollars throughout their career and retiring at 55. Man, you won the lottery, you do that. Wandering around in the woods, checking the trees for grubs. (laughs) Now retiring like a fat cat. 
did you see the tweet that Lena Lena Dunham uh, put out about Donald Trump being like Dylan Roof, the guy who shot up that church? Oh, for God's sake. Have you sake. seen her? This? She no, deleted it. I saw it, the but... headline and I rolled my eyes and moved on because I, I, I don't want to give her the air. Amazing. You want to reset? She up? needs a lot of air too, big gal too. You know, a little sweaty. Is wow, what I'm wow, that's body shape shot. That is that's huh? beneath you. It's very unnecessary. Oh wow, there's very little that's beneath me. You'll know. Everyone will notice I didn't laugh. <laughs> um, I held up my disavow sign. Yep, absolutely disavow. A uh, bunch of stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Steph Curry is not happy with Sports Illustrated and has said it out loud, and I don't blame him. It's kind of interesting. Sports Illustrated trying to cash in on Steph Curry's fame. He's, if not the most popular athlete in America right now, he's in the top two, right? Um, sure. So Sports Illustrated's cover this week is A Nation Divided Sports United. And it's sports figures linking arm. It's Photoshop because these people weren't actually together in a room. But it's got Steph Curry in the middle in the front uh, between Roger Goodell and LeBron James. <laughs> and uh, and Steph Curry said, first of all, why is Colin Kaepernick not on the cover? I mean, he's he's the face of this issue and the discussion and everything. I'm barely involved at all. Roger Goodell gave a very <laughs> tepid response to it, where he right. tried to have it both ways. I'm not linking arms with him, so he's that's unha- great. He's unhappy with Sports Illustrated doing it. That's great. Yeah, you know, I I disagree with some of the stuff Steph Curry has said, but he's a down to earth enough guy that being dragged into a heated national debate and chucked around as a symbol has got to be a little uncomfortable And made the center of it. Like, you're the guy. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's busy raising his charmingly precocious daughter. He's barely involved at all. Anywho. So, Anderson Cooper, who's delightful, had a uh, town hall yesterday. Yeah, Town Hall was addressing kind of the protests and the issues. Had a lot of former players, had uh, Spike Lee, a couple of former military people, all just kind of around discussing this thing. Uh, towards the end, he brought on a couple of Seahawks. The one you will hear in this clip is uh, wide receiver Doug Baldwin. Where does this go? What, how, how does this go from, you know, a protest on the field to actual change? I, you know, I don't expect you to have an answer or anybody to have a, a particular answer, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that and where the protests go. Does it, does it continue, do you think? Uh, first, first and foremost, I want to go back to something that the Reverend said earlier. Uh, he said that the Boston Tea Party got this kicked off. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, you're incorrect. It was the Boston Massacre that happened three years prior to that when uh, nine British police officers, armed uh, police officers, uh, gunned down some unarmed Americans. That's where this got kicked off. And I think that's ironic that we're talking about uh, this topic tonight. Hold on. Um, Wait a second. Ha- Look at the NFL player dropping the, uh, the Revolutionary War period history. Huh? Well, I have to differ with him. I think it had a lot more to do with the Stamp Act. But I wow see his point. How about that, though? Huh? Huh? Get an NFL player on there, not just grunting and sweating. Has some perspective on that. Was this. a good point. It was good. Yeah. Um, you asked me, uh, Heinz Ward. You want to see players doing something on Tuesday? I would invite you to come. Oh, yeah. Quick note: Tuesday is very often NFL teams' off day. So he's saying, mm-hmm. "I want you guys to do something on your off days in your community." Was was the accusation? Um, you asked me, uh, Heinz Ward. You want to see players doing something on Tuesday? I would invite you to come to Seattle and see what we have done every Tuesday on our off day uh, last year since this conversation has been has been talked about. And you asked me, Anderson Cooper, what what can be done. Uh, what, what's the next steps? Well, we've been saying what the next steps are for a very long time. 
for me and for, for my teammates, I don't speak for all of us, but for, for our message that we've been trying to get across, number one, we want more resources for our law enforcement so that they can uh, experience better de-escalation tactics, better policies, better protocols, so that issues and situations like Tamir Rice don't happen. Mm. I was a young man, uh, once 12 years old, playing around in my uh, neighborhood, playing cops and robbers, and, and I had toy guns. And I can only imagine what it would be like if I had a friend that got shot and killed in those situations. Number two, I know that the rebuttal is going to be about um, you should handle yourself accordingly when you interact with law enforcement. Well, let's put the D.A.R.E. program back into schools. Let's, let's start funding more education programs. Let's start putting more resources in our public school system in general. Uh, so you want to know what's the next steps? That's what we're asking for. Uh, and we've been saying that since day one. That guy should not, uh, should not submit his brain to beatings on, a, uh, on every Sunday. Yeah, I say we give him a pension so he can stop playing football and start, you know, talking sense. Well done, Doug. Well done. Um, I actually, what, do I still have that? Yeah, I do. A couple of very eloquent, eloquent yins and yangs about the issue. Um, people making really, really good points about, you know, why we fly the flag and why disrespecting it for some vague cause is really hurtful to people, blah, blah, blah. It was very nicely put. And then somebody making a, uh, uh, an equally eloquent point on the other side, and it's just it's impossible to me that people of those two opinions can't trade ideas and say, oh, now I get where you're coming from. Oh, I didn't mean any disrespect. I see what you mean. Oh, you value, you know, liberty and, and uh, you know, everybody getting their, their rights, too. I see. We just looked at it a different way. But, you know, the, the way the media is set up and, and Sports Illustrated and whatever, my God, the last thing they want to do is end the conflict. They want more conflict. Did you get any sense, Sean, from the Anderson Cooper thing of when it ends or if it ends or like in terms of the protest? Yeah, their plans. No, I don't think so. there's no like set end date. And and the only reason it escalated as much as it did this past weekend was oh, because sure. of Trump's involvement oh, yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder what's going to happen this weekend, or if at some point, you know, some of the players think, okay, that's enough of that. I'm going to go back to standing. It hurts my knee, or you know, I don't know. Um, or if it grows, for all I know. Right, and it's also not like there's one. There, there aren't weekly meetings that they go to and they discuss their kneeling strategies in, you know, league wide. At least the, the, that I'm aware of. The, it, the, the, the national psychological reaction to it, though, I'm going to be interested in this yeah. weekend. If ratings are down a lot, there's going to be some serious panic going on among advertisers, among networks, among NFL owners, and and then I don't know where it goes. I really don't, because then all they're going to be caring about is. All Tide's going to be caring about is, hey, we're we're spending a lot of money on these commercials, and we're not getting the audience we were promised. That's that's going to be driving the conversation, right? Yeah, you're making our customers mad because remember, it's a TV show. Uh, uh, okay, so here uh, I found him. Darren is quoting Tony Kornheiser, who's a mildly annoying sports commentator on the dying ESPN. He's like if if Larry David talks sports all the time. Well described. <laughs> Um, uh, Kornheiser said this roughly. Here's the thing. I want to stand for the anthem. I also want my black friends to be able to kneel or stand with their fists up or cry or scream or protest any way they want. I am an immigrant. I love my country. I love my flag. I love my anthem. I also love that others get to protest injustice or perceived injustice or hell. They can protest a high price of lottery tickets. I don't care. I love it all. Then he said, my problem is that the president took away the middle ground. He took away my ability to stand proudly next to my buddy who's kneeling at the game and be proud of him, too, et cetera, et cetera. 
And then, uh, uh, well, and then we got a number of eloquent expressions of we're honoring the ideals of this country, which have given everyone. You can't protest the downside unless you're recognizing the upside and you should respect all the people who've suffered to get you the rights that you're exercising and have made you a buttload of money, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we don't have time to get into it, but a a number of people feel that. And and I certainly uh, see their point. I like this, though. This is an angle we have. Well, you and I have talked about this. Virtually nobody else has. Uh, This is from the always intriguing C. Busy. Regarding the NFL kneeling controversy, um, including uh, everybody, including the POTUS, only talks about the patriotism angle. Is it anti-American? Is it peaceful protesting? Which is American? Nobody's talking about this. Is it okay to hijack an audience for your protest, regardless of the merits? If I'm a DJ at a wedding... <laughs> I like where this is going. Do I have the right to start the festivities with a personal protest? What if I'm a pilot? Can I give a quick political speech before taxing? Both are peaceful, right? Still, most people would answer absolutely not. No freaking way. It's very that's similar. That's not what you're here for. That's not what you're paid for. It'd be very similar in that that's your job. You have the right to do it, but you could lose your job for doing it. It doesn't make your customers happy. Some of your customers will like it. A lot of your customers will be just like, I don't care either way. I just want to watch a football game or fly to Chicago right. or, or dance at this wedding or whatever. And to use the social pressure narrative, how dare they not use their platform? Oh, you're yeah, a wedding exactly. DJ. You have hundreds of people. <laughs> yes. Every weekend, you've got a microphone and 300 people on your plane five times a day. Right. You're not going to use your platform for for good. Right. Right. (laughs) You're a wedding DJ. You've got all these people standing here. You're just going to play shout when you could lecture them about the current tax rates. And that's exactly what kneeling and or the black power fist is doing before and during games. They are hijacking for their own purposes, no matter the righteousness of their cause, an audience that came for a specific and different purpose. If the if the pilot started to make, I almost said pirate, arg, you know what I believe in. I believe in booty. Did you almost drop another S-bomb like you did yesterday? Do you have that clip handy, Sean? False we... accusation. False accusation. I'm being railroaded. This is, this is Joe yesterday. We played this earlier this morning. I'm talking about, oh. I was horrified when I heard this yesterday. Oh, talking almost... about working class people in their lives? I mean, she, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no, Sam? no, 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 no. That's, that's, no. That's no. so clearly Joe dropping an S-bomb. No. Number My one. My computer was doing the weird thing again where it played by itself. That's right. Sean didn't play that. It played by itself. Yeah. Uh, number one, I am from Chicago, not Louisiana. When I say that word, it's one syllable. <laughs> I mean, if I say ship, it's ship. It's not she-ip. Let's so hear, I was that. saying she it. Let's hear that one more time. And then I decided <laughs> talking be, about working class people right. in their lives. I mean, she. I don't know. No, 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 I have many thoughts. My mind is a fertile garden <laughs> in which in which grow many ideas. And, and I switched ideas. <laughs> I switched ideas mid sentence there. Yeah. So uh, again, I'm being falsely accused. Right. Uh, I love this. So back to the. Uh, oh my God! Look how late it is. Back to the hijacking theme. Sean, would you watch a Game of Thrones if Jon Snow pinned a MAGA button over his fur pelt? (laughs) It's the same thing. It's an individual stealing an audience he or she didn't build for the purpose the audience didn't come for. I almost bailed because of an Ed Sheeran cameo, so yeah, that probably would have rubbed me the wrong way. Pissed you off. It would have made you swear at your TV. (laughs) Sheep.
<laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, you remember NSA leaker reality winner? How she stole the top secret documents will amaze you. That's right. Her name was Reality Winner. Yes. International push to set up a permanent village on the moon now within a few years. And <laughs> next week, the juice will be on the loose. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Dear Reality Winner, you have a stupid name. Signed, Strippers. <laughs> Stay tuned for the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, if you haven't seen the video, Steve Scalise, the uh, congressman that was shot at that baseball field, he walked into the Capitol today using two canes. I mean, you're yeah. you're in, you're in rough physical shape when yeah. you walk with two canes. That's something. He's yeah. on sixty minutes Sunday night. You know, it's it's a, a great thing he's alive. Realize he's still struggling, but uh, wow! You know, Nora O'Donnell is going to ask him a question about Trump's heated head rhetoric leading to his shooting. Oh, good! You know that's going to happen on sixty minutes. Super. How about the news now, with Marsha Phillips? Well, you remember accused NSA leaker, reality winner. She has talked now extensively with the FBI, and during those discussions, she revealed she smuggled classified information folded in half, hidden in her pantyhose out of an NSA facility in Georgia. Kicking it old school. So what did she leak? Is she the one that was the worst leak in our uh, our history? No, she, she was that one? No, she was the uh, one that leaked the information uh, to the media outlet, The Intercept, about Russian interference in the 2016 mm. election, mm. including information about hacking into a voting machine software supplier. She admitted in the FBI interview she read reports of the Russian efforts to compromise voter data and wondered... Why the information she possessed wasn't public. She said, it made me really mad. I guess I just didn't care about myself at that point. Yeah, I screwed up royalty, royally. And when her told the agent, you know, there was no security stopped it, stopping her from lifting the information. Let's be straight. There's little to no security on documents, she said. Nobody pats you down. That's what I don't get with Bradley Manning or whoever. You have these low-level employees... She doesn't come off as very bright there, at least the quotes you're reading. Right. Uh, these people have access to secrets that can damage the country? Why do we do that? Then you copy them out, fold them in half, put them in your pantyhose, and walk out the door. That's not the way I would do it. Anyway, she's facing at least nine years in prison if, if the case goes to trial and she's found guilty. European Space Agency wants to set up a permanent village on the moon. The ESE, or ESA rather, is promoting a moon colony to take the place of the International Space Station when it's decommissioned in 2024. The agency's taking part in an annual gathering of global space experts, saying a moon village is the first step towards exploring Mars. NASA and the Russian Space Agency have signed a cooperation agreement to work on the Lunar Space Station and the village. The meeting's going to wrap up tomorrow with details from Lockheed Martin about its Mars base camp. And Elon Musk of SpaceX is going to outline a new design for an interplanetary transport system that would take humans to Mars. I wonder if the Moon Village will need an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Mars mission is going to launch from the Moon. Apparently, that's what they're. That'll be the first step. Yeah. Yes. Saves yep. a lot of fuel. So it's got a layover. The trip to Mars has a layover. <laughs> yeah, not a direct. And it's like flight. one of those weird trips where you're like traveling clear across country and you have a layover like 45 minutes from where you left. Right. Yeah. Very frustrating. But anyway, this is moving along really, really quickly. I didn't realize they were going to decommission the international. National Space Station in 2024. 
After nine years behind bars, O.J. Simpson could be released on parole as early as Monday. I do vote to grant parole. Thank you. Two months after Simpson was unanimously granted parole, Nevada's getting ready for his much-anticipated release. It's expected he's going to be moved from Lovelock uh, Correctional Center to another prison outside of Las Vegas just before they let him go. Keeping in mind that unanimous vote to let him go was without the information that he had been convicted of uh, spousal abuse, abuse, Mm -hmm. and they didn't have that information and allowed him to sit there and say, I've never done anything wrong in my life. I'm a great guy. Except I've avoided for being con- conflict. Yeah, except for being convicted, actually convicted, of spousal abuse. Anyway, juice could be on the loose as of Monday, and that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. We got a text of uh, people want asking you, Marshall, what was Hugh Hefner like in high school? <laughs> I never knew the man. Not funny. You spent a, uh, a big night at the uh, the mansion, though. I did. I went to the. I, it wasn't at night. It was during the daytime. Uh-huh. It was, I was actually a picnic. I was actually dating a couple of the bunnies at one point. Oh my! So when you were, and how long we worked together? You've never told us that, you son of a bitch. I think I've hinted at some of these things. <laughs> Don't <laughs> hint. Tell. Show us the pictures. Which ones? An Encyclopedia Brown book. Just dropping clues. And hopefully, a, we'll find it. A couple of them at sim simultaneously. Or? No different times. This would be back around 73, 74. You know? So when uh, when you were there, Hugh wasn't there, but the party continued even when Hugh wasn't at oh, the yeah. mansion? Oh, yeah. This was some sort of meet and greet. I can't remember exactly what, who it was for, but a bunch of us were there. A lot of radio people. Were you in the grotto? I walked by the grotto, right. but I was not in the grotto. No, we spent most... It was mostly outside. Gotcha. Yeah, that's where we. That's where I saw the peacocks and uh, roaming about. Of course, lately it just smells like your grandpa's house. <laughs> Actually, from what I've heard, you're not far off. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, The petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. You evidently did not see a path to victory. Well, my advisors told me that a New York billionaire who's changed parties a number of times couldn't be elected. (laughs) So I fired them. That's old Bloomberg with a funny line. You're not Donald Trump, though. You couldn't have pulled it off. He could. Um, so perhaps you've seen this video or heard this sound. Oh, that was for here. That's excellent. I should have that. Where? Oh, there we go. I will walk off. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. I will walk off. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. A woman walk. being... Walk. Walk. woman being taken off a plane by cops. Another one of those stories. What the hell happened there? So this gal's on a plane. She becomes aware that there are a handful of dogs on there. Always are. And there are world. these days. Everybody taking their dog everywhere. Anyway, uh, she says, I have a deathly dog allergy. I need these dogs to be not on the plane. And the airline said, how about you get off instead? <laughs> she said, no to dogs. And they said, no, you. She said, no to dogs. And so uh, ends up, they said, no, you got to get off. Um, we're not going to kick all these people and their dogs off the plane. Well, yeah, you can't send the dogs off. The passengers would have to go, too. So I, I get the sense. You can't give the dog a map to the uh, airport, say you got to go to gate 30. <laughs> <laughs> I get the sense that she was annoyed by a service dog that she didn't think was a service dog. Because it's not. And I, <laughs> I get the sense that she was trying to make some sort of social protest against that. And say no, I I have an allergic. I have a I have deathly really, deathly allergic. Is to, there such to that. a thing? I don't know. 
Um, there's, there appears to be, because the airplane has a policy where if you claim some sort of severe allergy and you don't have a medical paper backing it up, okay, well, she, then you have to be removed. Was she trying to be the Rosa Parks of dogs on planes and... Take Apparently, a stand and, she's, yeah. she's a university professor, which automatically makes her. Oh, wait a minute! Automatically makes you her suspect. Yeah, I would say. In fact, I just I will assume she's full of crap. I'm on her side, but uh, yeah, I yeah yeah. The whole fake uh, the big problem, you selfish bastards, with the fake service animals is now there are, there are more and more places that are saying no service animals. Right. So people who desperately need them have to work hard to prove that no, I'm actually. I can't see, which is, that's not cool. Just because you're a middle-aged lady and you got to, all right, I probably shouldn't go down that road. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, I am on her side. It's just ridiculous, all the animules on the plane. Although there's there's a gal. Uh, how descriptive do I get? Her appearance and demeanor suggested to me that she was not among the most cultured of us. Okay. Whiskey Tango. Like, super whiskey tango. White trash. Had a couple of dogs with her. Sitting two seats away from me. Same row. Um, I'm on the aisle. She's middle seat with her two dogs. Um, and there were a number of aspects of it that were annoying, but I will give this to her. The dogs were perfect the entire flight. Not only did they not poo, I was sure they were going to poo. I've never had because a... the flight was delayed delayed for like an hour taking off. I thought, you know, these dogs they there are physical limits. I was certain they were going to poo. They didn't. Yeah, I have not had a uh, experience where a dog caused any problem. I haven't had a dog barking. I haven't had a dog whining. I haven't had a dog pee or poo. I haven't had a dog, you know, snarl at another dog. Even with a bunch of them on the plane, which is surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, this lady's getting very little sympathy. Which, you know, obviously the whole someone was dragged off a plane narrative is very hot. Sure. So the fact that people are, are, are giving her the squinty look, saying, I don't think so. But what was the whole I'll walk thing? Well, they they ordered her off the plane. She refused. So they started to drag her off the plane. She was yelling, I'll walk. And they were yelling, then walk. Now nah, you got you to gotta stay until they bash your face off the... The armrest. That's right. If you want fame, you got to be willing to take a pummeling. Hey, do we know what she's a professor of? Oh, that, that, that matters. That m- means everything. If it's architecture or biology, eh. Well, the internet is going to bring you every awful thing she's ever done in her life in the next 24 hours. So that's, that's going to happen no matter what. Here's our guest announcer for the day. All right. Listen up. It's time for some final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Is that the national anthem in the background? I believe it was Here Comes the Chief. Oh, okay. Here's your host. Hail to the Chief. That's the one. <laughs> Here comes you know, the this, Chief. If, if this was World War II, we'd shoot you immediately. You're clearly a German spy. What's up, Chief? Here's to the Chief guy. <laughs> Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Michelangelo, final thought. He almost caused millions of teenage boys to go blind, but he's still a hero to them. Thanks, Hugh Hefner, for discovering men will pay to see a naked lady. <laughs> Beautiful. Marshall Phillips, who dated a couple of bunnies. Good Lord, my hero. Go ahead, Mike. I, I just got to say, thank you very much, Hef, for building the mansion and uh, for, at least for a while, providing uh, me with some entertainment. Thank you so much. See you later. Bye. Uh, positive Sean, final thought? I suppose you guys are right. In hindsight, it would have been bad if we have just all, during the Bill O'Reilly interview, started grunting quietly and escalating <laughs> as the interview went on, just to see how he liked it for a change. None of that is proved. It's alleged. <laughs>
You're right. I'm glad we didn't do Sickening. that. Your way was better. Sickening. Jack? I got another Hugh Hefner comment. As, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm not anti-naked girls in magazines, if that's what you want to buy or publish or whatever. I'm fine with that. But, but let's not pretend that his last several decades were not sordid and weird and sick. And the girls that were hanging out with him. Come on, let's not pretend that he was classy and sophisticated these last 20 years. Did you I... see his silk pajamas? <laughs> I detect a note of jealousy. Oh, God. And my final thought... <laughs> Quotering, quoting, quotering the lingerie football league. Oh, boy. It symbolizes all the blood, sweat, and tears that have been shed so that we as Americans can raise our flag across our nation. The lingerie football league salutes all those who made this the greatest country in the world. We stand in salute of our flag in panties. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. Hi, Francis Melman. Hey, how are you, you f***ing racist? Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.